was standing there by the way. He cried to Jesus for mercy that day. Jesus commanded and gave him his sight. So he followed Jesus, and I'm sure he cried. Jesus passed by my way, and he made me whole that day. Just a sinner was I, but then Jesus passed by, and oh, what a change in my life since Jesus passed by. Just like the blind man, I wandered alone in the darkness of sin. I was always alone. One day I met him and he made things right. Jesus passed by, Jesus passed by my way, and he made me whole that day. Just a sinner was I, but then Jesus passed by, and oh, what a change in my Jesus passed by. Jesus passed by my way, and he made me whole that day. Just a sinner was I, but then Jesus passed by. And oh, what a change in my life since Jesus passed by. And oh, what a change in my life since Jesus passed by. Amen. That's good. Right. Let's take our Bibles, turn over to the book of John, chapter 15. John, chapter 15. Again, we're uh, pressed for time. We'll move along quickly today, but appreciate just that short time that we spent on the bus ministry. And again, I want to encourage you to continue to pray for our bus ministry and all the workers and everyone involved. Of course, Brother Josh heads that ministry up, and we appreciate the effort that he puts forth there as well. John, chapter 15, beginning in verse 1. We're going to read through the first five verses of chapter 15. And then we're just going to uh, see what the Lord leads and gives us this morning. I am the true vine. My father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. Ye are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Abide in me, and I in you. 
As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine, no more can ye except ye abide in me. I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me ye can do nothing. Father, we come to you today. Lord, I ask that you'd fill me with your Holy Ghost. I have nothing to give this thy people except you give it first to me. Please, Father, permit me that holy unction that cometh from thee alone and allow me, Father, to share your word with power that cometh from on high. May you, Father, again anoint every listening ear that they will hear with spiritual ears that, Father, our hearts would be knit together, that, Lord, the Word of God would not fall on the ground. Instead, it would be taken into our hearts. It would begin to take root and bring forth some fruit along the way, much fruit. We need you. Can't do this without you today. And so, Lord, we commit the service and the message into your hands and ask that, Father, you would do your perfect work in our imperfect lives. Well, thank you in Christ's name. Amen. As we look at John chapter 15, especially verse 5, the passage points to a very beautiful picture of our relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. He says, I am the vine, ye are the branches. And the Lord often used things He created to illustrate spiritual truth. And in this case, he speaks about the vine and he speaks about the branches. Now, in summary, we recognize that as the branches, we're to abide in the vine. Abide means to rest. It means to dwell. We must abide. If we abide, we are sure to bring forth fruit, the Bible tells us, even much fruit. It says the same bringeth forth much fruit. You sever the branch from the stem or you, you sever the branch from the vine, then all of a sudden it dies. A vine branch is lifeless, it's useless, it's fruitless, unless it abides in the vine, remaining vitally attached to the vine. It's got to be connected, it's got to be attached. There's that life-giving sap that flows through that vine and ultimately into the branches, and if we're not connected to the vine, then we ourselves will die, if you will, spiritually. So the branch, in a sense, is, uh, to use a big word, it's organic. It's, it's, orga- it's an organic part of the vine. And, you know, that vine expresses its life through the branches. And that's important to understand. Again, you sever the branch from the vine and it will die. He goes on to say and share with us a very important truth then. He says, for without me ye can do nothing. And again, it illustrates the point of our need as believers to be engrafted into Christ, to literally be a part of the vine. Whether it be the local church or uh, individuals comprising the local church, we need to be literally connected. We need to be in Christ. And the Lord uses that word abide. And again, it, con- it conveys that idea that, that, that we have to be close to one another, us close to him, him close to us. There's an intimate connection that must be made there. So apart from Christ the vine, there can be no real spiritual life. 
There can be no real spiritual fruit. It won't happen. It's impossible. No man or woman, no boy or girl could possibly live the Christian life as it's outlined in the Word of God, except they live it through Christ Himself. It's a supernatural life we live. And therefore, we need a supernatural power source, and that's Christ Himself. So the only person who can live that life would be Jesus Christ. And if we're going to attempt to live it, if we're going to have any success at all, we have to live it in and through Christ, not in and of ourselves. And if you've tried to live the Christian life in and of yourself, if you've tried to take care of it in the flesh, you know it's an impossibility. We always come crashing down. We always mess up. We always end up in a bad place. So there has to be this moment by moment, there has to be this situation by situation resting in the Lord Jesus Christ. And if we do that, then His life can flow through us. See, when Christ was on the earth, they saw the abundant life that He had. They recognized the power and they saw the, the, the wonder of it all. But here's the fact. He is no longer on earth, but instead he's left us. But the vine we are attached to can help us and enable us to show the world him. If we're not allowing ourselves to be connected to the vine, then we will never be the testimony of Christ that we're to be. We are not just supposed to be individuals living our life as we choose or we please. We are Christians. We are to be in the image of Christ himself. We are to be transformed, changed into his image, if you will. When they see us, they should see Christ. So there can be no question about it. When the branch ceases to abide or remain connected to the vine, there is no hope of life and there can be no fruitfulness. It doesn't matter how hard you're working. It doesn't matter how much time you spend. The fact is, unless you are literally connected to the vine, you and I can do nothing. It is that simple. So I want to give you three simple thoughts today, real quickly, and we'll be done. One, get connected. You need to get connected. You say, well, what do you mean today? I'm saying get saved. In 1 Corinthians, turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 15, would you? 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 22. You have no life outside of Christ. The fact is, we're going to understand and learn that we are dead in our trespasses and sins before coming to Jesus Christ. There is no life outside of Christ today. No life at all. Notice what the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 21. The Bible says, for since by man came death. We know who that man was. It was Adam in the Garden of Eden. We know that that he sinned against God, willfully sinned. And when he did, he cast all humanity into a sinful state. And now every single person that's ever been born is born into sin, will live in sin and die in sin, except they come to Jesus Christ. For since by man came death, by man came also the resurrection of the dead, For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. You say, in Christ? Yes, there's that man and then there's the God-man. Oh, there's that man that was created there in the garden who sinned against God and ultimately put man into a state of death. 
But can I tell you that Jesus Christ came and he hung on Calvary 2,000 years ago. He shed his precious perfect blood, was buried and rose again so that you and I could be saved and forgiven and we could be made alive. In 1 Timothy 2, 5, For there is one God and one mediator between God and then the man, Christ Jesus. God had to become a man in order to die and pay the penalty for our sin. He could not die as God. He had to die as a man. But he was the God-man. He was Emmanuel, God with us. And he took our place on Calvary and he paid the penalty for our sin. Spurgeon used to tell a story about two men in a boat. They were caught in a very, very severe rapids and they were going to a place where the waterfall, uh, it, was, it, was, it was a horrible water, water, uh, waterfall and, 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 and even the rapids got worse and worse as they got closer and there was just really no way they would survive if they ever reached those rapids. There's no way that they would survive it in any way, shape or form and so they began to struggle for their lives. As they were carried swiftly downstream, they were carried toward the, uh, the rocks and, 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 and the falls. And, and some, of the, some men on shore saw these men being carried away in, these, in, in this uh, water. And so they, they cast a, a rope out to try to somehow capture the two men. And uh, by the time the men had fallen out of the, uh, you know, they, they just were, they're so tired. They were so weary. One man caught the rope. And he was saved. However, the other man who could have seized the rope in just a moment of panic, he grabbed onto a log that was floating by. Of course, that was a fatal mistake. One man was drawn to the shore because he had a connection with the people on the land. The other clinging to a log was carried downstream by the rapids and he was never found. If you hope to be found in glory one day, you hope to be found walking on streets of gold, you hope to be in the very presence of God for eternity, my friend, you better get connected with the only one who can provide you with the means to do so, and that is Jesus Christ. I don't care how often you attend church, it doesn't matter how much you read the Bible, it doesn't matter how much you pray, friend, it is not going to be what you do, it's going to be what Christ has already done. You need to be grafted into Jesus Christ, you need to be connected with Him and to Him, otherwise you will miss heaven. John 14, 6, Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. In Acts 4, 12, he says, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there's none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. You need to get connected this morning. If you don't know Christ as your Savior, if you've never received Him as your Lord, I'm telling you this morning, get connected, get saved. Number two, stay connected. Stay connected. You say, what do you mean by that? Well, get surrendered. Get surrendered. You know, my internet at the house has been giving me some problems. I mean, it's been a mess. I've had the guy over there a bunch of times, and they, they've replaced my modem. They've replaced my modem and what else? Router. <laughs> I, they've replaced all that mess. They've done it more than once. And I'm telling you what, they give me every excuse in the book why it doesn't work. And of course, it's my fault. It's my house's fault. It's everybody's fault but theirs, and so they want me to buy this extra piece of equipment that's going to cost almost $200 so that everywhere can just be saturated with this, uh, this, this, these, these uh, 
internet waves that ultimately kill us. <laughs> you know what I'm saying, right? So yeah, let's just make them stronger, right? So anyway, I've been having problems. And you know, I'll be working on the computer, I'll be watching a show, and all of a sudden, I get an error message stating that I'm disconnected. It just shows right up, disconnected. What do you mean disconnected? And it's frustrating, I'm going to be honest with you. It's extremely frustrating. And unless I'm connected, guess what? There is no signal. Unless I'm connected, there is no program. Unless I'm connected, there is no satisfaction. And the state of disconnectedness only brings frustration and discontentment to me. And this is the state of any believer who has lost connection with God. See, the backslidden Christian is frustrated and they are miserable. And the fact is they have little to be happy about and they find life even more challenging than it has to be. Romans chapter 12, verse 1 says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. The Bible makes it very plain and very clear that at some point in your Christian life, you better, and you ought to do it sooner than later, you ought to present yourself to the Lord Jesus Christ and say, Mark O'Donnell reporting for service, sir. Reporting for duty, sir, I'm ready to do whatever you call me to do, whatever you want me to do. I read a story about a lady who had a small house on the seashore of Ireland, and it was at the turn of the century. We're talking about last century, not this one again. She was quite wealthy, but she was also rather frugal. The people were surprised when she decided to be among the first to have electricity in her house. Several weeks after the installation, a, a meter reader appeared, appeared at her door, and he asked her, uh, is, your electric, uh, you know, is your electricity working well? And she assured him it was. Well, I, I, I'm, I'm wondering if you can explain something to me then, said the, the reader. He said, your meter shows scarcely any usage. Are you using your power? And she said, well, certainly I'm using it. Each evening when the sun sets, I turn on, my lights just long, turn on my lights just long enough to light my candles, and then I turn them off. <laughs> you know, the problem was she tapped into the power, but she didn't use it. Her house is connected, but not altered. Hey, listen, don't make the same mistake as this woman. You, you and I, if we're not careful with our souls, we, they might be saved, if you will, but our hearts are unchanged. We're connected, but we're not altered. Trusting Jesus Christ for salvation, but we're, in a sense, resisting the transformation that takes place as a result of the Holy Spirit living inside us. I'm gonna, it's just not connected. It's frustrating, right? Boy, by the way, the devil doesn't want me connected, and he don't want you connected either, does he? He's not stupid. He's had 6,000 years of practice, and let me tell you, he's doing a pretty good job of it in our world today, and even amongst those in the church. We are, we are saved, possibly. We've been, in a sense, connected to Jesus Christ, but we are not transformed, and we are not changed, and we're not allowing that connection to transform us. There's something wrong with that in our lives. 
Occasionally we'll flip the switch, right? A revival meeting, you know, or some special time of prayer. We'll flip the switch and we get spiritual and the Holy Spirit comes down and we feel His presence and we appreciate it. But the fact is, is that for most of the time we are quite content to do things on our own in our own ability and our own strength. Most of the time we settle for the shadows. I want to encourage you to get connected. If you're not saved, get saved. I want to encourage you to stay connected. If you're a child of God today, make it a point to get connected. Get connected through the Word of God. Get connected through prayer. Get connected through Bible study. Get connected through memorization. Get connected. Man, get close to Jesus Christ. The Apostle Paul said that I may know Him. Let's get to know the Lord Jesus Christ, the very one who created the universe and placed us on this this ball, the celestial ball, and then ultimately saved our soul from sin and gave us everlasting life. Let's get to know that Jesus. Stay connected. We do that by being surrendered. Mark O'Donnell reporting for duty, sir. Whatever you want, however you want it, Lord. And finally, share the connection. Share the connection. And I, and I, I, I would say just simply this, get serving. I mean, there's nothing complicated about the message today. It's very simple. We know that. It's third grade level, if you will. Every Sunday school kid in the church has heard these things. I get it. But can I tell you, it seems that more than not, we need reminded. Share the connection. Turn, if you would, to 1 Thessalonians chapter 1. The Apostle Paul's writing to the church at Thessalonica, and he, he ultimately he makes a tremendous statement here that we're going to see here in just a minute in verse 9, but I want you to start in verse 6. So 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, beginning in verse 6. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, beginning in verse 6, we read, And ye became followers of us, and of the Lord, having received the word in much affliction with joy of the Holy Ghost. That, that seems like, uh, you know, an oxymoron, doesn't it? You say, what's that? Look it up. <laughs> having received the word in much affliction with joy of the Holy Ghost. A much affliction, joy in the same sense. Are you kidding me? That's crazy, right? Verse 7, so that ye were in samples to all that believe in Macedonia and Achaia, for from you sounded out the word of the Lord, not only in Macedonia and Achaia, but also in every place your faith to God were to spread abroad, so that we need not to speak anything. The Apostle Paul saying, listen, now you guys ended up coming to Christ in the midst of a lot of turmoil and trouble, and the fact is, is that your testimony has reached out and far beyond your own little city And honestly, when we start to talk about what's going on in our ministry, we don't need to say a whole lot because people have you as a testimony of what's been taking place in our ministry. And he goes on to say in verse 9, For they themselves shew of us what manner of entering we had unto you. The evidence of what we accomplished when we were in your midst is, is quite clear. All we have to do is hear about and see what's been going on. And the world is recognizing it. How ye turn to God from idols to serve the living and true God. I want you to see that again. He says, For they themselves shew of us what manner of entering in we had unto you, 
and how ye turn to God from idols to serve the living and true God. It wasn't that long ago that these Thessalonians, there they were, bowed down to their idols, bowed down to idols, praising their idols and sacrificing their children to idols and doing all the things that people that worship idols do, and yet now we find them serving the true and living God. They were saved, yes, but the Bible says they're now serving. They weren't content to simply sit down and be fed. No, they said, we've been fed. We have the Holy Spirit living in us. Our life has been transformed and changed. Let us now share that transformation with other people. We need to share the connection. We need to get serving. Boy, get plugged into ministry. And don't deceive yourselves into believing that you don't have time to serve God. Everyone has the same amount of time. And you know that our time is our most valued, most valuable commodity? Each of us has 24 hours a day, or you could say 1,440 minutes, or possibly you could even say 86,400 seconds in a day. Every last one of us, the exact same amount of time. The question is, how will you spend your time? I'm glad that stopped because I was ready to bust a move. <laughs> I, I mean, I was going to throw down right here. So, <laughs> the fact is, The fact is, is that the only thing that you have that means anything to God, listen to this, is your time. You say, what? There's nothing you can possibly give God that he needs. He doesn't need your treasure. He doesn't need your talent. He doesn't need your ability even. No. You know what he wants? He wants you. And how is that expressed? By time. You know, if you're in a marriage and it's struggling, and the wife will say, well, I just want my husband. I just want my wife. What they're saying is I want to spend more time together. And can I tell you the fact is, is that in most cases, listen, your talent is not going to change the course of history. Your treasure is not going to be large enough that it's really going to make any real impact over the next 200 years. The fact is, is that nothing you have does God need really? Because He can, it's all His anyway. But you know what? He's given you something, a gift called time. And He wants you. And if you're going to give Him yourself, it's only through time. Years ago, I was serving in a church up north of here, and I remember making a visit on a man with my pastor. And when we made the visit, my pastor sought to encourage the man, encourage him to find or take his place in Sunday school and church that next Sunday. And before we left, he kindly, the gentleman, insisted on giving the pastor a few dollars. Now here, take this. Take it. And the pastor took the gift and we left. To his... his, uh, you know, credit, of course, he bought us both ice cream. But anyway, uh, so he took the gift. And then afterwards, uh, my pastor told me that every time he visits over there, 
that man would do the same thing. And so he visited about every other day. No, I'm teasing, he didn't. <laughs> but he said he did it every time he visited. This guy would just, all right, preacher, I hear you, here, here, just, here, here, let me just give you something. And um, <clears throat> so I, I noticed that the man uh, wasn't coming out to services. And so I returned myself to encourage him. Hold on, I know what you're thinking. We had a nice visit. And just like the last time, before I left, he insisted I take a few dollars as a gift. I was convinced, okay, listen, I was convinced, I was just a young guy, but I was convinced that he offered the money as a means by which to ease his conscience for not obeying God and not going to church like he ought to. I, I, really, I mean, I just was convinced of this. And so, I kindly didn't, you know, said, I, I'm sorry, sir, I said, honestly, um, Thank you, but no thank you. The, 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 the way you could be a blessing to me is just show up in church. He said, yeah, I know, but I, I do this. I give the pastor something all the time. I said, I know, but I'm not the pastor. And I said, honestly, I said, you need to be in church more than you need to give me that money. I can honestly tell you, he wasn't happy. He wasn't happy at all. He was an older gentleman. I was very young, but I wouldn't take the money. Now, he never did come back to church. And I did visit him after that, and I never took any money from him. Can I tell you that, like this man, we too are prone to substituting our sacrifice of choice for what God really wants from us. See, he wants your time. He wants you. He doesn't want a token gift. He doesn't want some self-prescribed conscience easer or pleaser in your life. See, we're good at giving God what is convenient for us, what is comfortable for us, right? Well, I've got this time, I'll give him. I've got uh, this talent, I've got this ability. I might even have a few dollars in my wallet, I'll give that to God. And listen, I'm not, listen, if you come here and you give your tithes and offerings and you choose not to be involved in up to your neck in service. Listen, I want to say thank you for your faithfulness in giving, and I trust that God is using you to do so, and I have no doubt of that. But the fact is, friend, if you are giving that money to somehow appease your conscience and to keep from suing something that you know God wants you to do, my friend, you are just as disobedient as if you gave nothing. Get plugged into ministry. Give your time. And if God has your time, he has your talent. He has your treasure. He has your ability. He has you. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 10 says, For demons have forsaken me, having loved this present world, and is departed unto Thessalonica, Cretans to Galatia, Titus to Dalmatia. See, Demas decided to give his time to the world. And can I tell you that the world gladly takes our time? It, took, it gladly took Demas's, along with everything else, mind you. Demas must have concluded that serving the world was worth it. But you know, the payoff is short-lived in comparison to eternity. 
Young people, let me tell you what. The world will and the devil will tell you that it's worth serving him. It's worth giving your time, your effort, and your ability to the world. He'll tell you that. And you know what? It'll seem that way on the surface. It'll seem like you can really get ahead. It'll seem like you can really do well for yourself. It'll seem like it'll turn out perfectly fine. But my friend, let me tell you, when you give your time to the devil, you give your time to the world, it will not end the way you think it will. And one day, even if it ends the way you thought it should, you're going to die one day, either wake up in hell or you're going to wake up facing the Lord Jesus Christ at the judgment seat of Christ and you will be sorely disappointed for your investment. I got to believe that when Demas closed his eyes in death and awoke on the other shore, he was sorely disappointed by his selfish, sinful, and sad choice. I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me ye can do nothing. Man, we got to get connected. Get saved. We got to get connected. Get surrendered. We got to get connected. Get serving. As I close today, I just want to show you this real quick. I went out and got me a tree this morning. Thought you'd appreciate it. That's right. There she blows. Okay, so I, I, would, I decided to go out and get a little piece of tree, right? Now, I got some pretty strong tape here. This is duct tape. This is the real duct tape, too. This isn't the Aldi brand. No, this, this is the real stuff. It's not big lots, right? This is the one that costs 6 to $8 for a roll. You know, the real stuff. You know what I'm talking about, any of you, if you ever use this? You know, we use it to keep our windows and our cars up, keep our doors closed in winter, you know, fill in cracks around the windows in the house, the real stuff, right? Okay, so anyway, here it is, all right? So let me just, let me just show you this. So here's this branch I just tore off of a tree right down, right down at the bottom of our property here. And you know, yes, I hope nobody minds. But anyway, uh, I got this strong tape. Now, Okay, if I take this tape, I take this branch, I, I connect this branch to a tree, right? And I wrap the tape around it really super tight. Super tight, mind you. Let me ask you something. Will this branch grow? What do you mean it won't grow? I mean, I'm going to attach it right to the tree, and I'm going to attach it really solid, really strong with this tape. That's got to grow, right? I mean, it's so close to the tree, right? The problem is what? It's not really connected. It's not down in where that life-giving sap is rushing through and running through, is it? This thing is going to die, right? It's of no value. It's over with. And can I tell you, in our Christian lives, we need to be careful that we're not just on the surface hanging around Jesus. we got to get connected to Jesus Christ. we got to get saved. And we need to get surrendered. And we need to get serving the Lord. we got to be plugged into Christ. You can't fake salvation. You're either saved or you're lost. Sure, you can try to do what Christians do, but when you stand before God, you're either going to be in Christ or you won't be. You can fake genuine surrender in your life. It'll be reflected in your attitude and your outlook. What you love and what's most important to you will be evident. If you're connected to Christ, he's going to produce some visible, a visible spirit of love, visible spirit of kindness and submission, and a visible spirit of humility. You're either surrendered to God or you are not. You can't fake a spirit-filled service either. 
You, you, you may give God what you want, but if you're truly connected to Christ, your service will be infused with the Holy Ghost's unction. There will be a presence and a power that accompanies your effort and your investment. You can't fake that, and neither can I. Get connected today. You know what we need to do? We need to say, Lord, I confess that I'm not truly connected to the vine, Jesus Christ. You know it, and so do I. And I ask you to forgive me for trying to do things in my own strength. Right now, I ask you to save me from my sin and to come into my life as Savior. I ask you to forgive me and to save my soul. Maybe you're a child of God already. You need to say, right now, I submit myself to your will. I want to be connected to you like never before and experience your presence and power in my life and ministry. It's time to get saved this morning. It's time to get surrendered. It's time to start sharing through service. May God help us today not to just talk about the Christian life, but to walk it. Father, we come to you. We thank you again for this time we've had together, and we thank you for the word of God and just for the simplicity of your truth. Thank you for the patience of the people of God today. We thank you so much for that. And Lord, I just ask your God that you'd help us as we close this service here. Lord, may we not end the service just because it closes. May it continue to burn in our hearts. May the word of God make an impact and a difference in our lives moving forward. For the lost man or woman, boy or girl, we pray, Father, that they would come to Jesus Christ today that they'd realize unless they are truly connected to Christ, unless they have been placed into the body of Christ and Christ has moved into them, then they are not truly connected. And no matter how much they try to act like a Christian, they are just as lost as lost could be. With every head bowed and every eye closed, won't you come to Christ today? You say, I don't know for sure if I died, I'd go to heaven. I can't say for sure that I'm connected to Jesus. Oh, I know about Jesus, but I can't say there was a time and a place when I called upon him and asked him to forgive me, save me, and come into my life, and I need to settle some things with Jesus today. If that's you today, in just a moment, that music's going to play, and I'm going to ask you to step out of the aisle and come right down. You could do that right now if you wanted, and get it settled and get it done. You're a child of God today, and you know in your heart that you're not completely and totally surrendered to the Lord Jesus Christ. It's time to settle that. It's time to come to an old-fashioned altar or bow down in your seat and say, Lord Jesus, I have lived my life my way. I continue to go my own direction. I, I'm doing things maybe in the flesh. I'm trying to do right, but I'm doing it in my own power. I can't do that no more, and I'm surrendering to you, and I want to get plugged into you so that you can empower me and enable me to live the Christian life as you have outlined in the Word of God. Maybe you just need to say, Lord, I'm going to start serving you. I haven't given you the time that you've asked for, and I'm going to start doing that. With your help, Lord, I will do it. I want to get plugged in to you first, then to service. Father, we need you today. Bless this time of invitation in Christ's name. Amen. Let's all stand. Every head bowed. Every